0: Welcome to You Did What? The podcast which analyzes all things marketing. Your hosts, Sherry Lambert and Jim Thompson, debate current brand strategies and actions. Happy 2024. Good morning, Sherry. Happy holidays.
1: Good morning. Happy New Year.
0: Yeah, it's a great new year. Because it's always easier to remember to write an even number year or type an even number year than an odd number year.
1: That is what they say. I always like those little tidbits because I'm not really sure who they (laughs) represent and where these fun facts come from. But I also am very jazzed that you know them.
0: Those facts, (laughs) you know, maybe
1: not the they.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's our role on the podcast. You have these incredibly impressive guests, and I know the amorphous they.
1: Oh dear lord! (laughs) Did you do anything fun for New Year's?
0: Uh, We did. We I may have mentioned we've been together with the same friends for New Year's weekend. This was our thirty sixth year and we only missed one in that time frame so it was really fun we went up to providence and had a great time up there how about you
1: you know i um watched the ball drop sort of not really um from my living room so it was a really tough decision on which pajama set to wear um <laughs> but it was very fun but you know since we talk about all things marketing i absolutely love did you see what went viral Um, with the countdown to 2024 on Times Square with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Did you see that? That
0: they were drinking for the first time? Well,
1: oh yeah, well, that. But (laughs) also, and it's timely because of my um, impending departure, but they had a special guest on. They had John Mayer on from Tokyo. And John Mayer um, zoomed in from Tokyo at a bar called Cats in the Box Bar. Now this thing, this is all, this is, I love this because this is all marketing gone viral. It is crazy, it caught fire. People keep reposting it, talking about it, not to mention that Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper could not keep a straight face. I mean, they were crying, they were physically crying. And John Mayer sitting at the bar, at the Cats in a Box bar, eating snacks and having beverages with cats all around him. And he's sharing his snacks with cats. People can't get into this bar now. This bar was always on my list to visit when I get and land in Tokyo. People cannot get to this bar now. So again, uh, catching fire, viral marketing, love it. Just amazing.
0: That, that is great. And imagine when you show up.
1: <laughs> you can, I, I'm, I'm telling you, well, two things will happen. I'm sure they're going to open that red carpet just for me. And then, you know, after that, people will be flooding. Streets from all over the world.
0: Yep. Where Sher- when Sherry goes, people follow.
1: <laughs> yes. Or maybe it's like, where in the world is Waldo? I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, New Year's Eve, we went to this restaurant in Providence. Our friends identified it's called Saint. And it has two rooms. One is about five steps up from the other, but they're separate. And basically, one room is hell and one room is heaven. And in the heaven room, there's like, you know, Relaxing music and it's all bright and you know it's uh, very light, and then you go in the hell room and it's all it's dark and you got like you know pounding music and um I, I mean Love not it. so uh, can you guess which room we were in?
1: you were in hell
0: exactly <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> shocking
0: so but it was it was really fun we had a great time. So That's I we have to, oh, I said, so we're keeping track. Um, I want to welcome our producers and tech techies, Mackenzie and Joe. They've been working on the podcast all along and now they're here and they're part of our broadcast team. Welcome guys.
1: Nice to have you in the studio. Thank Bro. you. Guys. Wait, but they're here also for a very, very important day. It is jim's birthday we need to like cue up the happy birthday you know soundtrack at this point like or the cheering and the in, popping. In, right. yes definitely happy birthday jim so you look birth- good for 35.
0: <laughs> so I <laughs> he's you know,
1: speechless on exactly. that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you say um <laughs> uh, so thank you very much um uh, you know i for people who have birthdays around the holidays mm. Especially if it's after, right after, yeah, then you know you're basically nobody wants to celebrate. Hey, you want to yeah. go out? No, we're done. It's we just want to be sit at home, as you said, in your pajamas, and
1: they want to go know, work eat, out or sit out. Sit eat at a home whole
0: lunch. pint of ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> but so as a kid, I figured out, you know, why don't I just celebrate my half birthday? Uh, because there's fireworks. On yes, Fourth of July.
1: That's amazing. Okay, then we'll really celebrate then.
0: There we go. Absolutely. But this morning, and this was for the podcast, I had I made oatmeal for breakfast. And the reason is that when I my first job in marketing was working on oatmeal at Quaker Oats.
1: Is this a tradition?
0: Now it is now.
1: That is fantastic. And do you always do Quaker Oats?
0: Again, it is now. I'll let you know next year. This, this year was an event. <laughs> next year is <was> a tradition.
1: <laughs> okay, good. So you're a sample of one right exactly. now.
0: Exactly, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and uh, our one cat, Hobby, was there to enjoy it with me. So um, I have a cousin. This is has nothing to do with marketing, but I have a cousin in Ireland who I just met um, about a year and a half ago and um and we do zooms and then she was visiting the u.s this summer and she stayed at our house anyway her birthday's today
1: oh you share your birthday twins
0: yeah it's really an amazing coincidence
1: did you text her
0: i'm going to right after this
1: okay good
0: although i did get birthday greetings from all over the place like aarp and saxby's and but also from France. I got one from one from Ireland, England, Thailand, Australia, and then U.S. places too. So it was really fun. All right, AARP, AARP hitting you up about you're 35. Exactly. Yeah, I don't
1: funny. understand that. I mean, their marketing there has gotten to get has to get better. They obviously missed that.
0: Yeah. So they um, uh, were happy to welcome me to AARP for yes. the first time. <laughs> Enough of that. Speaking of international travel, Sherry, you leave tomorrow for Japan.
1: I do. I do. I'm, I'm all sort of packed and the anxiety has set in and lots of questioning, what the hell am I doing? And um, it should be really good, but it should be really, really a fun time. And I'm very excited to hit the ground running. Um, I've got folks that are visiting me already and and individuals that I even used to work with. I. Uh, that are not too far away that are talking about swinging by or coming in through Tokyo. So I'm very excited. So it, sh- it should be really excited. And next week I hit, I literally hit the ground running because I have a couple of meetings. We have a podcast recording. We have a lot of things going on, Jim. So it's, it's going to be busy somewhere in there. I've got to unpack and make my house a home for the foreseeable future.
0: It'll right, be awesome. And you'll be great. The students will love you. And I can't wait till our first podcast where we are uh, on different sides of the international dateline.
1: I know. And it's interesting because, you know, we have, as you know, we have a, a scheduled podcast for next week and we're dealing with not only Japan, but West Coast USA and East Coast USA time zones. So if I get them right and show up at the right time at the right podcast channel, we'll be good.
0: That's awesome. So I should mention that one of our um, previ- other other um, student producers is on his way to Rome. So Abhijit uh, is not here today. Um, so we're
1: be- going to add a new time zone to the whole. crew.
0: Exactly, exactly. So he will be in um, at, at Temple Rome for the semester, which should be a great experience.
1: Mm-hmm. That will be great. Literally, though, we will have we will have the planet covered.
0: So let's jump into a marketing thing. You know, this podcast, its subtitle is marketing for better or for worse. So let's get into a a really stupid thing. Uh, the New York Thruway. Anybody here ever driven on the New York Thruway? Yes. So it's a, you know, it's like an it's interstate crazy. turnpike, you know, what toll, it's a toll, you know, it's it has limited access and it has service centers or rest areas. By the way, what's the right phrase? Do you say service area or rest stop or rest area?
1: I say service.
2: I'm of the opinion of the uh, rest stop.
3: I think I'm rest stop too.
1: But do you rest at the stop? I get service, so I think it should be service. But I do think you're right. I think people call it rest stop. You're supposed to rest. The driving. But also,
0: when you use the facilities, what are those called?
1: Rest rooms. There or you go. Toilets.
0: Well if you're going to be central. global. <laughs> They're well, All there.
2: the all the ones on the, the um blue route going up to the Poconos are rest areas. So I kind of associate it.
1: See, but I think those are different things. A rest what? area has no service. So well, you could have picnic tables.
0: All right. Well, it sounds like it okay. sounds like a pole for our listeners. <laughs> In At the New York Thruway, they are renovating a lot of their service plazas or rest areas, whatever you want to call them. And they are they, they outsourced it to a private company to manage all of this, including lining up what food companies would be, um, restaurants would be in the rest areas. So the one of the first renovated ones has opened. And the food area that they signed up was Chick-fil-A. Mm. Now, of the days of the week, do you know what the heaviest travel day of the week is? It's got to be a Sunday. It is a Sunday. And when you think of Chick-fil-A and Sunday, what do you think of?
1: No bueno.
0: <laughs> so um, that's talk about, I'm sorry, that's marketing for worse. Um, oh. Lots of people would want to go to Chick fil A. Uh, some oh. might not, but they're not going to be able to at that rest area.
1: Well, then they're going to have to hope to, like, you know, really get those numbers up on non Sundays because there are Chick fil A's in airports and oh, yeah. they close on Sunday too. And it just doesn't seem like that's the right one to lead with.
0: Well, when you, you all think that,
2: sorry, do y'all think that would ever change?
0: No. Uh, I
2: do
0: not think it will. I'll I'll provide some other info, but there's a, here's what I want to ask each of you. There's a Starbucks in that rest area as well. If you were Starbucks, what would you add on Sundays since the Chick-fil-A is not going to be open? What products?
1: Chicken sandwiches.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't actually have an answer to that. I just wanted I wanted to ask that. I answer. would
1: add lemonade and chicken sandwiches.
2: <laughs> okay, the tea should be popular.
1: Yes, that's a good point, Joe. That's good.
0: So to your question of um, is this changeable? The answer is no. The contract with Chick Fil A runs for like twenty five years, mm-hmm. so they will um, they will um, I'm guessing add additional. Food, Maybe a food truck. They can get some of the food trucks from Temple and bring them up on Sundays.
1: That's a good idea.
0: It'll be interesting to see what they do. And then there's other plazas that are still to be renovated that are also scheduled to have Chick-fil-A. So uh, somebody wasn't thinking very clearly. Mm. Let's move on to our next topic. This one is still in the QSR uh, venue, quick serve restaurants. Uh, Chipotle there is apparently they were called out on TikTok for portions not being what people might think they are. And some of the editorials about that were saying they'd have to respond. They're really going to lose a lot of business because of this. So Sherry, I'm just interested. Do you think they should respond or ignore?
1: I actually think they should ignore. I think the consumer has... A low memory, and I don't think they should really think about it or call it out any further. What do you think, Joe?
2: Uh, I hate to say it, but I would ignore because at the end of the day, you're going to dig yourself a hole. The more you ch- the more you talk about it, it's going to be a longer lasting, like, exactly uh, idea within the culture.
1: Yeah, McKinsey, you agree. Yeah, I'm going to have to
3: agree. I will say, I feel like Chipotle has been doing this for a while, but people still go. So I don't know what addressing it will really do. I think that they have a pretty loyal customer base that'll continue going.
1: I agree with you both. I think Chipotle is borderline cult branding status, and they really can't do too much wrong.
2: Yeah, on, the, on the Chipotle front, though, do you guys know about their clothing brand?
1: No. Oh, McKinsey made a face too. Wait, share.
2: What's it's a, going on? It's, now, I don't... I can't, like, vouch for them directly because I haven't actually purchased it. Um, But, like, their rewards points will build up to an extent for their clothing brand. And their clothing brand, like, if you go onto their site, at one point, um, I'd have to look this up again, but it was, like, a really, like, bougie, like, Lululemon-esque brand of, like, Chipotle. And you'd have these, like, very, like, nice designer shirts with just, like, the Chipotle logo in the corner of them. Um, wow. I'll, I'll have to verify it, but it was, like, it was kind of a shock the first time I saw it because it uh, I got a reward on my phone and it said, like, oh, you have, like, $10 to the Chipotle store. And I was like, oh, like, that'd be fun, a little Chipotle shirt. But no, this stuff was, like like, hundreds of dollars, some of it. Wow. It was kind of crazy. All
0: right, All right I want to come I'm back to that in, in a second. That's a good topic, but I wanted to finish up on the discussion around ignore or respond. So it's unanimous that they should ignore. And there's they even have evidence on this as to why they should, because they had a much bigger problem going back to the last decade, where they had, um their, in certain of their restaurants, there was an E. coli breakout, and then in, in Massachusetts, around Boston, one person working in one of the stores had a very um, communicable illness and people got sick. Everywhere else in America, people kept going to Chipotle. Mm -hmm. And that was a much more serious issue than this. And then they ran a contest and actually closed all their stores. They had a, a, a a total company meeting on video. They talked about all of it, the head of Chipotle did. And then they did a contest to bring people back and that was, the the problems were in March. They um, brought people back in April through a, a a contest to get a free product, and they and they got through. Yeah, they did lose some business, uh, but that was really serious. So I totally agree that they should just ignore this and move on. Uh, people, if their loyal customers haven't been bothered by the portion sizes so far, so I don't know why they would be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Uh, Forward now, Joe. You brought up the um, interesting uh, concept of brands who feel strong enough that they can issue items for people to buy that have really nothing to do with what their normal business is. And if you go back in time, um, there's some examples of companies who've done this. So, cigarettes aren't a thing now, but Marlboro, in their heyday, had a whole line of of clothing items. Uh, Harley Davidson. Um, had a whole line of clothing items and related. And I'm sure there's other brands as well. So do you do you think Chipotle is strong enough as a, a cultural icon that people will actually buy the clothing? I mean, absolutely.
2: I think like even looking at it, like a big portion of like some of their website is being able to like put, like they have a, a sh- shirt where you can literally put your order on it. And it says like chicken white rice their their examples chicken white rice no Wait, beans. I'm
1: digging that
2: <laughs> yeah and honestly like if you're if you're already like shopping there and don't get me wrong like on a uh, on a college diet I'm using the points for a free meal rather than like discounts on their their mm. merch but if you're someone that that likes that stuff and likes that like like custom consumer product I think that it's like a, a perfect website and like some of their stuff I will say is like sometimes it doesn't necessarily come down to like the brand itself, but like how it looks and like, they're very tasteful in a lot of their like fashion products they put out. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not like the biggest fashion person, but I think overall um, they're very tasteful with their merch and like overall with companies doing this, as long as they're tasteful and actually like applying stuff that the consumer is looking for in terms of like a modern style and adding a layer of customizability, like, this will always be a demand. Um, uh, that's just my opinion.
1: I agree, I think. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Brick-and-mortar companies continue to grow and make announcements about uh, you know stores know. they're going to be adding. And it's Dollar General announced that they're going to be adding lots of stores. Uh, and uh, a whole bunch of others have done made similar announcements. It's interesting because, of course, when you read a lot of articles, uh, certainly before the last few months, the articles were consistently talking about how brick and mortar and quotes is, well, maybe it's not going away yet, but it's in big trouble. And yet we have all these chains. So Uniqlo announced all the stores they're gonna open in the US and Canada. Uh, the, I mentioned um, uh, Dollar General says they're gonna open 800 stores and remodel another 1500 this year. Mm. Nordstrom Rack says they're going to add a whole bunch of stores. So it doesn't seem like brick and mortar is... Suff- oh, and Mango is going to open 500 stores in the next few years. so
1: Not going away. What did we say?
0: It's definitely. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's wishful thinking or just it's an easy trend to jump on. But I personally think it says lazy journalism to to write um, that brick and mortar is going away.
1: Yeah, not going to.
0: Now here's a brick and mortar for our uh, eminent producers. AMC Theaters is a brick and mortar location. If you think about it, the e-commerce alternatives are streaming services. So have either of you been to a movie theater in the last six months? Mackenzie, you're nodding yes.
3: Yes, I actually went to see the new Hunger Games movie the other weekend with a friend.
1: Really?
3: Yeah. It was like the first time I went to the movies in a while. Which is interesting because now they they have it where when a movie's in theaters, that you can buy it from your TV. It's usually like $20 Mm -hmm. to $30, but that wasn't an option just a few years ago.
0: Wow. So you see it and then you get some kind of code where you can then download it for free
3: no no i'm more mean that if a movie's in theaters you can like rent it on on your tv oh, at oh, home
0: okay. yeah
1: you have that option like, which is great
3: in theaters
1: yeah but people still opt for i mean i'm one of those so i'm excited to hear that you went because we're definitely in different um target markets but people like like brick and mortar they like to go I believe and sit, that's an experience, right? Like you go and it's still a date night option. I remember asking my students, you know where's the worst place you would take somebody on a date? Where's the best place? And this kind of came up too because it's um, a low investment of discussion. So like if the date's going bad, you at least you can just be quiet and watch the movie. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) <laughs> there was a caveat to that, but I think it's really kind of great that people, you know, still are going for that whole, you know, the tub of popcorn and, you know, the the nachos and the ten dollar sour patch kids. I mean, they're in, they're in for the the win on this, I think,
2: which is kind of fun. Funny enough, um I'm actually going to the movies tonight. See, um,
1: look at this. Yeah, what are you gonna see?
2: Um, uh, the boy and the heron.
1: Ooh.
2: Um, which is supposed to be a very very good movie. Um it's a Studio Ghibli movie. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar but um fan- I actually watched my first one of their movies uh this past week, Spirit of the Way, and it was fantastic. So I'm like, All right, oh I'm gosh. going with a friend of mine. Um but yeah, I actually had before that I had gone and seen Killers of the Flower Moon mm. in a theater, which I'm not sure why I would do that to myself in terms <laughs> right. of a time commitment, yeah. but it was worth it. It was well worth it. And like I I find myself to be a bigger like film person. That's like kind of originally why I went to to school. And I think that as long as you're putting out quality films, I think that people will still go. I think that this like lull was due to the pandemic and like just the, like a kind of an oversaturation in the market, quote unquote, with a lot of the
0: stuff, especially with Marvel being so big.
1: I agree. No,
0: that's I am um, so cool. I I've always, been, uh, every year, sometime during the semester, would ask students about, do you go to movie theaters? And uh, throughout the teens, the numbers who would say yes was it kept declining. And then COVID happened. And then the first semester, uh, after when things started opening up, I asked the question, and I was amazed because I didn't anticipate it. But students were like, yeah, well, yeah we're going. We've been locked up. We haven't been able to go out, we'll go anywhere. And they were like, yeah, we're going to the movies like once a month now. And that was a really interesting cultural thing. Here's my question relating to AMC theaters. And Sherry, you made a comment about, and I think Mackenzie, you did too, about um, the candy products or sweets, whatever that they have. AMC, snacks. Yes, yeah, snacks. AMC is introducing a line of private label candy for oh, that t-
1: was just a matter of time.
0: So is that a good idea or not? I mean, you? Know, I mean you go, or you know, are you going for the raisinettes? Are you gonna buy? Give me that private label AMC product. <laughs> what
3: well, do you guys question, think? Yeah.
2: The real question is, will it be cheaper?
3: That's what I was gonna say. I think the price would definitely influence. Ooh,
1: very good point. Because it's yeah. like how a- patch
3: kids are cheaper than the AMC brand, then. I'll be going for the Sour Patch Kids.
1: Right, like, and and I think about Twizzlers, how many private label Twizzler like tr- products are out there and they are not good.
0: So AMC says, well, it's we'll save money because it's our brand. We're not gonna be paying some of the inner, here's what I think. Um, yeah. When you go to the movies, it's a special occasion. You don't go all the time. So if you go, especially if it's like a first date, you're not going to buy the private label one.
1: How <laughs> horrible! I would be like, "Yep." Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, you turn to your 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 first date and you say, "Which of those non branded products would you like?"
1: <laughs> I think that's fabulous.
0: It's it am- always ama- It's amazing to me what companies will do, but.
1: Um, yeah i don't like that that's that's in the negative you did what you know
2: (laughs) i hate to say it too i mean it was a matter of time before they did this but i also think it's like how they're doing it i mean it's not what you're marketing sometimes it's how you're marketing right and if it's like a very like premium product and you're sitting there and it's like oh this is like i'm not saying that amc would do this but it's like all all natural like Very organic, specific things, and again, if they're quality, it's it'll be different. But at the same time, I'm not going to try it for an unknown product that might be a premium price.
1: Exactly.
0: Wow. Yeah, I don't think I I can't. How would you communicate that it's better quality anyway? I don't know. Especially something like as you know, candy that's so sensory uh, related.
2: Costco sample.
0: There we go. There
1: you go. That's exactly right.
0: I can just picture somebody like Sherry or, or me you know, in the lobby offering people free samples.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that'll go really over
0: well. <laughs> all right, it's, it's time for our input. So we, Sherry, what's your question you ask all of our guests?
1: All right, so Joe, I'll start with you first. Joe, what is your favorite brand and why? Obviously it should be focused on the marketing of the brand. What is your favorite brand?
2: Okay, so my favorite brand, it has to be Kirkland. Like I I grew up going to going to Costco a lot and I I really hate to say it, but like it's not even it's almost marketing itself. Like a lot of their products are just like either like solid or like above average at least in my experience. You know, there's still there's still a few duds here and there. But I think like overall, they're usually like catering to like a specific audience and you're trying to like compare it with a lot of different um, name brands that might be in the Costco stores. But the fact that Costco and especially with their um, their food section, their their uh, like I wouldn't say like a fast food, but their food court, um, the fact that they can like talk the talk and walk the walk at the same time, I just feel like communicates because like if I like. Like my, my father loves Costco hot dogs. And I know that I can not only get one for $1. fifty, but I can also go back and get a 36 pack in the back of the store. And it would just be, you know, just as good coming off the grill. And I think that that like brand transparency, as well as like the way Costco, like somewhat commits itself to like the value for the consumer, it just bodes a lot better for me as like someone who owns literally like a Kirkland t-shirt
1: so, <laughs> so it's, it's a cult brand for you no doubt
2: <laughs> oh absolutely i will fully admit to it too
0: so i love a, that that's interesting now tough decision though what are you going to wear like you know you want to impress somebody you wearing chipotle you wearing kirkland
2: depends on the occasion
0: uh, and uh
1: <laughs> black tie you
2: know, black tie i might have to throw on the kirkland shirt just because it, it's just so simple Um, But if I'm feeling like a little more athletic, like the Chipotle brand seems like it's a little more akin to that.
1: (laughs) That's so great. All right, Mackenzie, you're up. What is your favorite brand and why?
3: So it's kind of a new addition to my life. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I feel like you definitely have, but Stanley, it's like the tumblers. I have mine right next to me. They've gone, I got one for Christmas. Yes, that this is when I got mine. My brother's girlfriend got me one, and I always was like, I don't need one. It's I don't I don't understand the hype because they went pretty viral. I'd say, yes, with the car accidents, months? a fire, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't I don't need another water bottle. You know, hydro flask went viral. I'd say like a few years ago, and I, I got one, and I just didn't end up using it that much, but. I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed with it. I drink like seven a day. My parents are like, we're gonna take it away from you because I keep getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom because I'm drinking up drinking so much water. And I am like, I'm taking it from you. I go through like, and and this is big. It's like 30 ounces. So, yeah, I, and it's been around. the brand's been around for I think, a hundred years.
1: Yes. It's been around a long time, which is so interesting. And it's so, I think, so telling that they have done an incredible job with their target marketing at your age group. You know, my daughter's 25, my future daughter-in-law's 30, and they both have Stanley's. They got me one for Christmas and I saw it and I was like, wait, that's been around since I've been a little kid. We used to take our soup and our lunch boxes and the Stanley thermos. And I am like, this is crazy. And the hype around you know, the, the so car fire and that Stanley company gave the owner of that car a new car, replacement mm-hmm. car. And it wasn't even their responsibility but she posted it on Instagram and all of the socials, TikToks and so forth. And it's just has blown up again viral marketing going crazy. Mackenzie, I love it.
3: Yeah, they have a crazy following. I saw a video, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, they released their Valentine's Day collection and it sold out in four minutes. And there were videos of people like fighting for these pink and and red Valentine's Day themed cups. Crazy, I love it. but, But I get a lot of use out of
1: it and they make really good products. I think that's fantastic. Well, I love both of those and your reasons behind it. Well done.
0: This is great. They're made more interesting than we are, Sherry. I
1: I think so. I think they need to be here every week.
0: Absolutely. In fact, maybe what we should do, maybe we should be doing the behind the scenes stuff. In I know.
1: Wait, you know our skill set, right, Jim? I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. <laughs> wow, unemployed in one week.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. Well, we're coming towards the end, but I suppose there's one other topic, we seasonal topic we should bring up uh, because we've come through the college bowl season where there are sponsors that you've never heard of uh, <laughs> sponsoring bowl. In fact, I believe that the you did what podcast probably could be a candidate to be a bowl sponsor next year. Of course, we to be fair, we can't do a Temple Bowl game, but generally that's not an issue. Uh, <laughs> so um, this year had a interesting. Um, speaking of things going viral, uh, an interesting uh, event with one of the sponsors. So Joe, I know you were all over this. You want to tell us what it was?
2: Yeah. So of all the crazy and zany sponsors for the bowl season this year, uh, Pop Tarts decide to sponsor one um i forget exactly who played but uh they had a a a person in a pop-tart costume running around saying that their dream was for people to eat them (laughs) and at the end of the at the end of the bowl they they had this giant like toaster like uh, prop i guess or like this set and they lowered the pop-tart into it and at Um, they like cooked it, quote unquote. And then at the end, the players all like got a giant piece of this pop-tart from the championship team. Now, (laughs) I don't know about you guys, and I don't know if you guys got to see the picture of the the after. Um, (laughs) it's kind of horrifying. But like I was thinking about how like how much that's stuck in my head. And like I hate to say it, but like the crazier the marketing sometimes, like the the more it sticks like i remember uh you know like there was a super bowl ad years ago i think it was a mountain dew and doritos did it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they, it was like a, a dog a monkey and a bird that combined and i don't know why they advertised this thing but it was like the equivalent in terms of like a shock value for me just being like what is happening and why <laughs> and because of that like i remember doritos and d- thus i remember Pop tarts at this point because they're crazy, I guess, marketing campaign for the specific bowl game.
1: Oh my yeah. gosh. I love it. But see, and it sticks, and you remembered. It's got to go on the good column, Jim.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they're um Calanova is the is the company that, you know, Kellogg split and cereal was became one side and snacks became the other. So a uh, a sibling brand for uh, Pop-Tarts had been sponsoring that particular bowl, Cheez-Its, and Cheez-Its switched to the Citrus Bowl. And I suppose the tie-in there is che- Cheez-Its are orange and oranges are orange, so maybe that's what the connection is. <laughs> but the, the, the company is very happy. They feel like they got you know way more than what they invested to be the yeah. sp- in general, though, the sponsors for bowl games, most of them are companies you've never heard of. And I read an article that said that the, um, what sponsors pay can range at the low end 500,000, mm. almost nothing to you know six or 7 million, which is, I guess, real money. Mm. So I'm thinking if we know cherry if we can get some donations for the podcast I really do think that next year we could sponsor the you did what Bowl game Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And then if every, nothing else and, we could
1: have Joe or McKinsey run around at a big pop tart cost.
0: There we go. And then every time a, a, a player does something really special somebody can yell you did what? Yes. It's a big I idea. It is a big idea.
2: No, Jimmy, you just have to come on a loudspeaker. Yeah. And that's like the, the touchdown celebration.
0: Yes. I'm going to run out on the field because that'd be a pretty slow run. I, you know, they could finish a commercial break and I'd still wouldn't have made it halfway across the field.
1: Oh gosh. On that note,
0: this has been a great podcast. Mackenzie and Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really fun and you've made it a lot more interesting than Sherry and I normally are. Yes,
1: I agree. Thank you for thank having you. us.
0: Hey, Sherry, have a great trip to Japan, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. The You Did What? podcast is a production of the Temple University American Marketing Association student chapter. Our editors are TUAMA students Joseph Grippo, Abhijit Chaudhary, and Mackenzie Jones, and our technical advisor is Jennifer Zalea.